I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Christine. And I'm Regina. And we, again, are so excited to be back. Did you miss us? Did you miss me, Regina? No, not really. I missed our audience, though. I missed our audience a ton. Well, I missed all of you guys, okay? And I'm excited to be back, and especially about this topic, because this topic, there's actually quite a few of you guys who have emailed and commented and messaged us personally about this exact topic. So we know that this is on your mind and we definitely want to talk about it. So Mm -hmm. it just goes to show that if you email us or you contact us about stuff, it does help shape our content. It gives us ideas and we're like, okay, yeah, this is what they want to hear. They want us to talk about it. We really have a lot to say. So Regina, what are we talking about today? Post-grad struggles. Post-grad the struggles. struggle is real. The struggle bus. Um, what I did think you just say? The struggle bus? The struggle bus, yeah. I've never heard of that before. Well, you're just probably not as hip as I am. That's true. I think that this is a topic that it resonates with a lot of people. Now that we are quite a few years out from post-grad, we can speak to it from experience in a way where we can talk about how we went through it and what we wish we knew when we were going through it at the time. Right. That it's not just you. I know there's a lot of you guys who feel, this isn't the way that I thought I would feel after I graduated. I don't have the answers. Everyone keeps asking me, so what are you going to do now? And you're like, I don't know. Get away from me. Stop asking me. Yeah, we've experienced that. So we are here to share our experience as well as validate your thoughts that it's not just you. You're not crazy. You're not falling behind. It's not just you. Regina, how was your post-grad like? I studied psychology in undergrad and I was still working at that media company. And so I felt like I knew that I had a passion for media, but I didn't really know what to do with it. After I finished my bachelor's, I had a moment of panic. And to be honest, that's the reason why I decided to take an extra year to get a master's because I felt like I needed that like extra buffer year to kind of get my life together and to put my life together. And it just seemed like a good idea. And it was, I mean, I feel like I learned a lot during that time, but that post-grad struggle was around the time that I decided that I wanted to move out to New York. And that was very panicky because that's when I officially made the decision that, you know, like I want to pursue media. I want to have a career in media. And I was unemployed for the first seven months. So did you feel that angst in that, oh, you had to either go to grad school or do something with your life right after you graduated because most of your friends had gotten jobs or they were moving forward and you felt, I don't know what I'm doing? Oh, definitely. I had friends who had two-year contracts already right out of college. I had friends who were like strategically taking a year off to apply for med school. Everybody just seemed to be moving forward. And I remember halfway through my senior year feeling like, oh my gosh, maybe like everything that I've been working for in the past four years isn't what I like actually want to do. And that pushed me into that panic mode post-grad and then made me want to go to grad school. When you said that your major was psychology, did you try to look for psych jobs or you, you know, you studied it and you were like, okay, cool, but I want to do something else. So I'm going to look for jobs there. 
I actually started out my undergrad being a nursing degree. Mm. I didn't have the grades that would get me into the nursing program. And so I kind of pushed that aside and I was like, oh, well, you know, I didn't want to be a nurse anyway. I want to go to PA school. And if I want to go to PA mm. school, I don't have to think about that for at least another two to three years when I have to start doing prerequisites. So I'm just going to be a psych major because that's still kind of sciencey. And I've always been absolutely fascinated by, you know, the human mind and like personalities and the way that we think. And so it was kind of like an easy way to please my parents for doing something semi-medically and then doing something that like I was actually interested in. But like, I still didn't know what I wanted to do with like a psychology degree. Like I knew that I never wanted to be like a therapist. And so in my senior year, when I wanted that buffer year, I was like, oh, well, it'd probably be helpful to have something in business management. And so that was also my way of finding more buffer time Mm -hmm. to just be like, oh, well, this could be applicable in all situations (laughs) without really having to commit. I know a lot of people who just keep going back to school because they don't want to enter adult world. And I think to them, it's like, oh, it's okay. Like, I want to learn more. But behind it all, they're avoiding actually doing something with that degree yet because they're still figuring it out. And then I've had a lot of people email me about, well, I've changed my majors like three, four times and I still don't know what I want to do. I think that's really relevant to your experience because honestly, your major really doesn't matter that much. (laughs) When you come out of it, yes, it it matters if you know that's what you want to do. You're okay, I'm going to be a doctor. Therefore, to get into like med school, I'm going to need to study science and emphasis on this. If you don't know, whether you graduate with a psych major or business major or design major, you can still find a relevant job in the adult world. Like even though in the job descriptions, they're like, oh, must have a BA in business. Not really. They just say that because they they want that. But then we all know now, like in hindsight, interviews are about your your people skills and your interviewing skills. And HR Mm -hmm. knows that too. Yeah. Like don't look at your major as like an end all be all. When you're done, you still have the ability to shape who you are, who you want to be. And a lot of people, their majors have nothing to do with what they're doing now totally at least from my experience working experience is more important than your actual studies it does depend on what you are pursuing completely yeah if you're going to become a doctor or a lawyer there are very specific things that you need to study and have under your belt to move Mm -hmm. forward but then if you don't know and you're just looking to graduate i would really recommend getting work experience So that does mean getting internship, getting a part-time job somewhere. And sometimes it's not just, oh, I don't want to be a waiter or I don't want to go work at a bank. The point of that isn't this doesn't give me relevant experience. Like, I don't want to be a banker. Why would I go be a bank teller? I'm using that experience because I was a bank teller. That was one of my first part-time jobs. That taught me a lot about work ethic. There's a lot of answers you can get by just getting work experience. Oh, I know how to handle money. I know how it is to work within a schedule and that the expectations of working in a small team, in a corporate environment, working with HR, working with a company without a HR. It's like all those little things that are intangible that people don't really tell you about it gives you so much value in how you look for a job in the future and what you feel the most comfortable in and what type of environment you can thrive in or what type of environment crushes your soul. I think that one of the biggest misconceptions of like when you finish college is everybody feels so high and mighty. I remember when I graduated and I'm like, I have a bachelor's. I'm so great. And so when people were telling me, oh, go get a part time job or go work at a cafe, do an unpaid internship. I remember very specifically thinking like, oh, I'm too good for that. They should be paying me for, you know, the amount of knowledge that I have. And that's such like an arrogant way to think, especially when you're 21, 22 years old, just graduated, no work experience, all the experience that you really have is just being in a classroom. 
and following a syllabus. I mean, yeah, yeah, there are like group projects where you have to like learn to deal with people. But when it becomes a work situation, the work of other people affects your own reputation. You will handle it a lot differently. I think that students may not understand that companies don't care. <laughs> they don't care that you got an A on a test, that you sat in the classroom, listened to your professor and a really great test taker or not a really great test taker. They just want to know if you can do the job. A lot of times, that's why with post-grad, it comes down to luck. A lot of times, even at the YouTube company that I worked at and I was the hiring manager, we would put out a call to look for interns or staff and stuff. We would get caught up on our end with um, the amount of work that we we're handling and then we couldn't get back to a lot of the internships or we couldn't hire people right away. And a lot of people would get really upset and be like, oh, is it me or what am I doing? It's like, actually, we were just busy on our end. I realized that when I was unemployed after college, oh, we all know that experience of submitting application and splitting your resume, tailoring your cover letters. Oh my god, cover letters are the worst. Oh my god, that whole process. They're the worst. Are they the worst? You have to, how do you sum up your entire life in a letter? <laughs> yeah, and like, how do you be charming? Applying for jobs is literally the worst thing, especially if you're applying just like online, you feel like you're sending it into like a black hole. Yeah. And I, I don't know where it goes. It just like disappears into the land of the internet, never to be seen again never to be heard from again every once in a while you'll get a company that will like write you like the oh we're sorry we looked at your application but you're not a right fit email you know but most of the time they don't even like give you a second a second thought really I sometimes apply to so many jobs that I forget about them and like when they send when they send me that email it's a reminder it's like you still suck (laughs) you're still not good enough thanks yeah like you thank you I needed to hear that again But, you know, the reality of the situation is you're going to be rejected by countless jobs, more jobs than you can even imagine. And it's going to be frustrating. But the most important thing is that you must not give up hope. There will be an opportunity out there that's perfect for you, but you need to be persistent. Well, it may not be perfect for you, but then this is also something to note where through my experience and from hearing a lot of post-grad people that after they land a job that they've been applying for months and months and months for and they finally get a job and they're like, this is not the job I want. Or they get hired and they're on it for like two months, three months, and they're like, I hate this. I can't send it. I'm going to quit. I hate it. And to me, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa not so fast. Think about the process of you trying to get a job and how hard that was. Not to say that if a company is treating you poorly, you're miserable and you can't stand it. All right, it's your life. You make your choices. But then a good way to look at it is all the stuff that I mentioned before about the things or the answers that you're looking for may not just be like, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? I actually think that that's the wrong question that people are asking themselves because how are you supposed to know that? A job changes, you change, the company changes. So what you expect you'll be doing like what your job is for the rest of your life may not be it in even a year Mm. the answers you should be looking for Mm -hmm. are what speaks to you what do you like about the job what don't you Mm -hmm. like oh i really hate paperwork i really hate data entry i really like working in a structured corporate environment a job will help you answer those questions and you have to give it more than just three months Mm, I agree. And I think that there's always going to be that adjustment period where you're getting used to a job that you're like really excited about. I mean, especially with entry level jobs, you're the bottom rung of the ladder. And I think that's something that I always need to remind myself when I get a little cocky or a little like, oh, well, I I know how to do this. I totally know what I'm talking about. I need to take a step back and be like, no, I don't. 
there are so many other people who have done this for years who have the experience, who have the schooling. And I actually got really good advice from one of the VPs at my company. And talking with her, she kind of said, you know, make sure that your first job is helping you get to where you want to be. Everything that you're learning, you're taking that to continue building on your career because your first job is not going to be your end all be all. For you, this is your chance to like have a learning opportunity. So for me, working at the company that I'm at right now, I look at it as like a stepping stone. I think adulting is just that Mm -hmm. because it takes a level of maturity to understand life is a process. You're never going to have all the answers at that time. You're never going to have it figured out the way that you're supposed to in your mind. And that comes from the misconception that everybody else has it figured out. Everyone else knows what they're doing. They don't. They have experience in what life has taught them. They can be experts in a sense, in a field, in terms of like where they want to keep going, how they want to grow. I feel like if you're doing it right, you actually are constantly asking more and more questions because who does know it all? Exactly. That's so true about the questions. Just because like the questions can even be like you trying to manage your own schedule. For once in your life, you don't have your parents coming in at like 8 a.m. telling you to get up from bed. I mean, I think college was kind of that transition out of it. But then like after college, you you realize that eating ramen every day isn't a sustainable lifestyle. It's not. not. (laughs) I love ramen. Ramen and milk tea. I'm just kidding. Not really. But But, you know, I feel like the freedom and carefreeness of college and being independent is completely different than the freedoms of post-grad because reality sets in. You have bills to pay. And then you're like trying to find this balance of building your career and finding relationships and building your friendships. It's just extremely overwhelming. I think college, you feel like you get the first taste of adulting, right? You're like, oh, I can make my own schedule. I don't have to check in with my parents. I can stay out as late as I want. And look, me and my friends, we can just go out and hang at 3 a.m. in the morning and then wake up and go to class, right? And you think that's adulting in a way or intro to adulting. And then post-grad, you're like, oh my gosh, you're regressing. You feel like you've regressed because you have to move back home with your parents to save money or you haven't found a job yet. You still have to check in with them. It's kind of back in high school. That's how I felt. The first six months to a year when I moved back home, I fought with my parents just like I did in high school. And I was like, are we back here again? Yeah. Like, did we just rewind five years? Yeah. I kept using the, I'm 22 now. No, why do I have to tell you what time I'm going to be back? They're like, you live under my roof. Yeah. Like, text me. Like, tell me when you're going to be home. Like, we've all dealt with those struggles. And I think that it's kind of like that same sense of entitlement where four years later, you're like, well, I was able to survive the past four years, quote unquote, living on my own. So I'm an adult now and like I know what's best for me and I know what to do. And it's kind of the arrogance that you have post-grad that really hinders your growth and depending on like how much you invest in that. Well, I think for me, that's what I said to them on the outside because they kept hounding when you're getting a job okay you, you say you want to choose this path of finding what your passion is and you don't want the traditional jobs they kept pushing me to get government jobs I felt like at that point they're just like oh my god just get a job that's stable and I was like I don't want to do that I, I totally relate to that so when I finished my master's program I like almost immediately moved out to New York. So obviously at that time, my parents were kind of like, okay, like you can have fun, but look for a job. I'm like, oh, oh, well, it's summer. No one's hiring. And so like, I kind of procrastinated on that. And so I didn't really like officially start looking until that September. And this was around the time that, you know, my friends started medical school, my friends who had been working, like continued working. And then I was at home every day looking for a job and trying to figure out like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay rent? How am I going to pay my bills? You know, saving up for Mm -hmm. that. And even 
in in my like seven months of unemployment, it was a lot of trying to be like confident in my decision to move out to New York without a job because when people are asking me, especially in that first couple months where everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's so exciting you're in New York now. Like, how do you feel? And deep down inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm falling behind. I feel like I moved to a new city with all these like ideas of what my life was going to be like. And I remember that mm-hmm. that was kind of like my moment of being like, oh my gosh, did I work all those years in school and then not have a job and not have anything to show for it? It was it was hard. It was tough. I think that probably captures the post-grad struggle the best, where people all have that moment where you feel like you failed. You feel that moment of reality. Everyone asking you, your parents and all these people having expectations of what are you going to do now? And you don't have the answer. And I often felt that before where I'm like, you're asking me what I want to do? I don't even know the answer to that. So how am I supposed to justify myself to you if I can't even do it for myself? Because what have I been working for? What do I have to show for it? Nothing. And I felt really depressed and upset at myself because I felt stuck. And every day I wasn't landing a job, getting an interview, being productive, I felt I was falling behind. Everyone else is moving forward, sprinting in life, and I'm just stuck here. And he said, everything that I've worked for for the past 21, 22 years has meant nothing because it doesn't matter. No one wants to hire me and I can't, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And the weight of that, I can completely completely relate to those of you who feel that right now or you're about to graduate or you're in college right now and you're like I don't know what I'm doing I feel like this is the part where we want to offer our advice Mm -hmm. in hindsight now that I'm literally 10 years out of college looking back now you actually have the power to do exactly what you want to do even if you're in college right now you're like I don't know what I want to do I don't know where to where to start I get that question a lot what do you do when you don't know where to start you start by asking yourself what do you love to do what means something to you what makes you happy when you do it and if you don't know that start exploring very basic things. You know, I like going to the beach. I like it when I write. I like watching movies. Like growing up, we're taught to put so much emphasis on academics. And if you don't like those things, then there's something wrong with you, right? But really, it's the other things that you should take note of. You like playing with puppies. That should say something. Maybe being a vet. Maybe looking into volunteering for something. And I say this a lot where it's, you want to be a writer? Be a writer now. Go write. You're not going to find the answers staying at home feeling sorry for yourself. You can do that. I've done that. You stay at home. You stay in bed. That's all you want to do. But if you really want answers, go out and look for them. They're going to be in a book. They're going to be in the city. They're going to be traveling, in the hobbies, conversations you have with people. Go out. Go on LinkedIn and contact people that you admire and in jobs that you want to be in. Seminars, conferences, professors. Utilize all those resources that you have right then and there. You'll actually be surprised. The fact that you can, I'm not saying like, oh my God, me and Regina, use us. People who have emailed me, I just finished some interviews with students who wanted to talk to me about my experience and how to get into media and being a producer. I love doing that. You'll be surprised how many people will want to help you and share their experience with you. So what I'm saying is that take yourself seriously take your time seriously now as if you're getting paid to be a writer right now how would you go about doing that how would you go about being a better writer 
there's a lot of time wasted and I'm just going to wait for the right job to come along. And I'm just going to keep doing the traditional way of just applying, 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 applying to the jobs and companies that I, and that's definitely one way of doing it. I've landed some jobs doing that. But if that's not happening for you, you have to think outside of the box. Yes, I completely agree with everything that you said. And, you know, I think that it's, does get a little hard, especially when you feel like you've been rejected so many times. But the jobs that I got literally were through LinkedIn. People forget how much people matter in a business. And so if you have questions or you have an idea of what you want to do, go online and research about it. You know, I remember when I was first looking for jobs, especially in media, all these people have these titles that I, I'd have no idea what it means or what it, what it stands for. You know, there, there are a lot of like business strategy analyst words kind of thrown in and you won't really know what that means until you've really been in it or you've talked to people in it. I remember my first job that I got um, out here, I had met through... Um, a old coworker of my professor and I just ended up getting coffee with him and we just like talked about you know what I had hoped to do and what I like etc and then he ended up really liking me and creating a position for me which was completely unheard of and I felt so absolutely grateful for that but you know it's kind of that idea of putting yourself out there and like reaching out because that's the best way to learn I think that post-grad you've learned through experiences through meetings with people through these meetings you never know what kind of opportunity will come up I think that like my the job that I have now I got through a friend of a friend and we just grabbed coffee and he ended up recommending me for the job because he saw potential in me and that's something that I think that is really hard to see especially online, just looking at people's resumes, looking at people's cover letters, because no matter how much work you put into your cover letter and your resume and how perfect you think it is, it just takes one hiring manager to be like, eh, I don't really like it. (laughs) And then you don't get the job. So I think it's putting yourself out there and really being able to kind of learn as much as you can, because through the learning, you'll be able to start narrowing down what you want. And through putting yourself out there, you'll meet people who may think of you one day where there's an open in position at their company and they'll be like, Hey, I remember, I really like that person that I caught coffee with, you know, six months ago. I'll see if they're interested in this. From my experience, I think that that's what helps build opportunities. Right. I completely agree with that. And timing is most of it. Sometimes the world isn't ready for what you have to offer yet. Sometimes you're not ready for the opportunities that are coming your way. So the common theme that I'm always talking about is growth so trust in that and also really wanted to emphasize that money status titles success those things don't really matter at the end i think the 20s at least for me was filtering out all those voices and that all the voices that we're taught that these are the things that make us feel valued or worthy and that says something about you it doesn't those are empty empty things because i definitely have been that way and I see other people that put so much emphasis on those things that define them. Now they feel like they are worthy of something. They're more valued than than you or I. At the end, it just sucks your soul because it's a never-ending well of just, you need more. You're greedy for more money. You're greedy for more status, you know? And I think post-grad is something that people emphasize like, oh, right, what's your starting salary? Are you getting like health benefits? Oh, I'm starting at this prestigious company. I'm entering it as like an executive manager of blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
cool story, bro. I think the hardest part too about postgrad is just like being able to have that measurement. And I completely agree with you with the titles and everything, because just through my own experiences, like notice there are some people who are so worthy of a promotion, but like haven't gotten it or people who have got promotions and you're kind of like, you don't really know what you're doing. Exactly. And so I think that it's trying to shut out as much as you can, what other people say about you and really focusing in on what you think of yourself. I think the most important part is always like working hard and giving it your all no matter what you want to do. Really, the most important part of entering adulthood is that there is no one road to adulting. It can be really scary, but yet a really beautiful part of being an adult because you make your own rules. No one has a right to tell you what it means to be a success in your eyes. You define that and you learn that for yourself. And it's a whole process not just in your 20s but people in their 60s 70s 80s are still learning wow i feel so inspired by you christine (laughs) (sighs) and same here i mean i mean that's like podcasting is something that we never thought that we'd be doing and in all sense i don't think my parents understand what podcasting is either you know (laughs) so i'm doing it because i really really love doing this i really Mm -hmm. love having honest conversation and having Mm -hmm. honest conversation with regina and that's why I do it. There's no money in it, guys. <laughs> no, not at <laughs> all. If isn't. anything, we're taking away because we had to buy our own equipment and invest the time and energy into it. Yeah, but we're learning so much from it. And it's not just, hey, we have the answers so we're going to share it. Like, we were no. just having this conversation. But we have hour-long conversations before we start recording. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of it is just reflecting on how we can be better and growing from it as yeah. people. So as Absolutely. much as we're telling you guys, we're learning from that and how to implement that in our our lives too. That's what I said earlier too, where I was like, I feel like I'm learning more about myself and this journey just by talking about it and being very vulnerable and talking about the times that, you know, we were unemployed and felt lost and depressed and didn't know what we were doing with our lives. I just remember like literally waking up and being like, what am I doing? What is the point of my life right now. Like, I feel like I'm not living up to anyone's expectations of me. My friends are telling me, oh, it's okay. It's okay. But like, I wasn't comfortable with being me. I wasn't comfortable with where I'm at. And so being able to like reflect back on that and remembering how vulnerable and upset and depressed and just anxious I was, I think that that's a really good thing to keep in mind, especially as I'm trying to grow and progress. Yeah, I think that's a great way to approach life at any point. I'm not saying post-grad struggles is that's it, as in you will struggle your entire life. (laughs) You have points. I mean, like, I'm like, let's end this on a high note, but... Right, but post-grad struggle is a constant struggle. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Adulting is a constant struggle, and I mean, you'll see it, like, a lot of even parents right you think that they know the answers they're still struggling in their own rights you know so so. don't worry don't Mm -hmm. worry everyone is still struggling adult is just one big struggle (laughs) (laughs) exactly so if you have any more specific questions regarding this topic feel free to email us or tweet at us post on our instagram because i think that this is something that i mean we're still in post-grad struggles (laughs) right and so we would love to do some more self-reflection about this topic Yeah, we can definitely always have follow-up episodes on topics that you guys feel you want to expand on or just have specific situations that you're going through and we can address. So definitely feel free to reach out. And our email is theperfectlyimperfectpodcast at gmail.com.
So don't forget to follow us on all our social channels, links in the description below. And I hope that this conversation was as helpful for you guys as it was for us. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.